0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's time now to always get that pen and paper ready because it's time now for a Veterans Place hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, and also dentist Dr. Don Moeller, he just can't make up his mind which smock to wear in the morning, I guess. It's those big decisions that get you going. Anyway, we've got a show ready for you today on a veteran's place, and uh I think Don, uh, well, Don is on the line. And, um, Don, what did you think of the disaster of last week with our president not knowing where his secretary of defense was? You know, Dave, uh, it
3: seems to just fit a picture. It fits with uh, Jill Biden leading him off stage. Uh, I think that's part of the same thing. I guess Jill didn't know it, so she couldn't tell anybody. What do you think about that? That's my theory.
2: <laughs> well, I think the uh, Masketeers and Disney World are more organized than the White House. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a shame. I mean, this is crazy, and Austin should take some real heat about not informing anyone where he was, and why he was there, and then when they realized they didn't know where he was, they should have found out where he was, and damn quick, and...
3: Well Dave, you and I have a common experience, and I'm kind of uh, happy to tell our listeners about it, Uh, I used to be a private, and you used to be a private... And I guarantee you, if I slipped off the ra- radar for four days, when I got back, oh, I, uh, you know, I, I I just can't even imagine that. That's
2: that's why they just, call them. That's why we in the military we have formations in the morning and at night <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. sure our oh. counts are right.
3: Yeah, General Austin missed the formation, and I mean honestly. Uh, it's the same thing when that Petraeus guy, and I'm going to bring this up, was out playing uh, lovemaking with his lieutenant colonel pal. Uh, you know, if you got caught doing that as an enlisted soldier, you you, you could hear the sound of stripes being ripped off your shoulder. And I, I had no respect for Petraeus after that. The gentleman thing to do was to just get out of the military. You know, uh Having been enlisted and seeing officers get away with that slop, uh, I'd be the. First, I, I'm glad I didn't sit on his evaluation board. I would he would have retired as a freaking colonel.
2: Yeah, you know it just it unfortunately is it's not just the DOD. It's every. Everyone in the administration seems to have the same attitude, and uh, it's not a healthy attitude for the administration, and it's certainly not a healthy attitude for the United States of America. And I cringe at the thought of our enemies continually rolling in the floor laughing at us. and you know they our adversaries had to have thought you know what what kind of military do they have when they can't even find their secretary of defense
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it don't and, and you know the other thing is that just so over the top this this guy Austin came up through the military ranks, and I can guarantee you, absolutely guarantee you, that if his four stars decided to talk to some captain, major, lieutenant colonel, colonel, and couldn't find him for four days, I, I cannot imagine the terror and destruction Austin would have brought down on anybody under four stars. I mean, it's brutal beyond comprehension. And and so, it's not... Like the military doesn't know what to do with people that walk off their job and can't be found. That's, it's outrageous. That, he's in the military chain of command and he, he was absent without leave. And, uh, I, I don't know, Dave. There, there's, I mean, if you're selling ice cream to kids on the street with a little car that plays music, that's one thing. But when you, when you fix into, uh, and that's a Georgia term, engage in, in, World War III, uh and you're uh, <laughs> AWOL, man. I mean, uh, how they're not going to just get rid of that guy is beyond my comprehension.
2: It's, uh, it is amazing. And uh, if he doesn't have PTSD, he caused a lot of the rest of us to have it just over the weekend. Just thinking about that, I mean, that's like we were going out to fight Russia, and they were fully armed, and we were naked. And yeah. I, you know, I just, I I can't, I'm like you, I can't fathom it, I can't, and I talked to um, several of our other retired officers that uh, have done shows here, and are doing shows here. And excuse me, and uh, we're all in agreement. This just, you can't have something like this in the military. You can't have, I don't care who the guy thinks he is. He right. might be the Secretary of Defense, but that just should make it more important that They they should have a string on the dumbass, you know?
3: Yeah, and, you know, I I just realized I can speak to this issue real easily. I was chief resident in oral and facial surgery at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, and I can guarantee you there is no physician who treats a four-star general who does not have to brief his staff on how long he's going to be out What's going to happen? In fact, when I did surgery on some of those folks, I had a, uh, some kind of FBI or army security guy. When we induced him, I got him that those individuals ready to go to sleep under general anesthesia in case, because that was the time when they were not under full control of what they said that you had, they were ready to debrief us for if we happened to hear. And there was no exceptions to that rule. I remember uh, one particular case that this Looney Tunes CIA or whatever he was, Army Security Agency, was just standing in the operating room. Uh, He didn't know where to stand when you're inducing anesthesia. I said, you you need to go over there. And he goes, no, I have to stay right here because if he whispers something, I go, that's how I remember that incident. And then here you get this guy, Austin, uh, who just wanders off for four days. Not only that. They had to uh, put him to sleep with uh, some type of – actually, they're called MAC. uh, uh, It's like an IV sedation uh, uh, standby. And that's when you are in a delirium sleep. There's no way that they're going to to sedate – the Secretary of Defense, and he doesn't know more classified information than you can uh, shake a stick at, and then they pull him they pull him off the line for four days. I mean, it started with the minute they said either sedated that guy or put him under general anesthetic the whole there's more than meets the eye in this situation, Dave
2: well it's. <laughs> It fits well with the rest of the administration. And it's a shame, and quite frankly, it's embarrassing. It's, you know, if we didn't know about it, hear no evil, see no evil, uh, it might have been better. I don't know, but it's, uh, to me, it was... Mortifying to think that we have gone that far downhill.
3: Well, hey Dave, I'm just gonna, gonna let you know in uh, a way I like military history. You know the D Day invasion? Yeah. Uh they didn't want to wake their Fuhrer up uh for six hours or seven or eight. They were afraid to wake him up. And it was the beginning of D-Day. I believe that's uh, accurate history. That just lets you know what eight hours of uh, what's going on uh, in modern warfare. And World War II, with that organized D-Day invasion, was modern warfare. You know, air, sea, land, uh, I think is the term. Uh so, what if Hitler couldn't be found for four days? I mean, yes. don't try and sweep this under the carpet as there was no problem. There was a huge problem because you know who's got the, the the control of the nuclear button? Huh. Joe Looney Tunes, okay? And so, when Austin's gone and the next guy in their command is gone, who's gonna who's gonna make the decision? Jill Biden? With a doctorate of education, I mean that's basically what you've got, Dave. This is how serious this is.
2: Or well, you don't have to explain how serious it is. It's beyond it's beyond the pale, and uh, the scary part is I don't think this administration is capable of change. And it's it's sort of like um, Philip Farsberg, who you know well, he and I were talking about it, and um, he brought up the fact that literally the Department of Defense needs a whole new workover and a whole new plan. And I said, Phil... Who have we got that can do that? It's not like we have uh, people in the past that had experience and knew what they were doing and could come up with a plan. We have no one available that's even qualified to plan where the next restroom should go. With that, we'll let people think about it, and we'll take our first break. And we'll be back with a veteran's place. And we, oh, we want to mention too, if you're a veteran and you haven't entered to win a AR-15 style weapon from America's Web Radio, we'll go online, go to our homepage and fill out the information and enter to win. You might be the lucky one. We'll be back right after this.
0: The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: You know, I was reminded, and of all times, that uh, we need it. We start our shows, generally speaking, until somebody messes up, and that's happened to be me, with a moment of silence. And we're going to take that moment, and uh, then we're going to follow it just like we always do. To make sure your heart's pumping well. So we'll take a moment and we'll be back right after this. Back on a veteran's place, and we appreciate you taking a moment to think about all of our veterans and uh, also those that are on active duty as well as our first responders. With that being said, we do one other thing, and that's we make sure your heart's pounding away, and uh, we all loved them as we were going through basic and AIT. And we're going to play one right now, and we'll be right back.
4: Hey, I feel all right now. Hey, I feel all right now. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivate. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I can do it, I can do it. You can do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, Oh hey, yeah. man, oh man! He can hang, hang he can hang. hang. Young man, young man! He can, hang. Hang. He can hang. hang, he Feels good.
2: And just as promised, we're right back, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, and also a Veterans Place. And what is a Veterans Place? What does that really mean? We want this show and all of our veteran shows to be where veterans like Don Moeller, Dr. Don Moeller, Phil Forsberg that does Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, all veterans. And, you know, A veteran has something in common with another veteran, and that's the word veteran, and there's just something about the massive fraternity and sorority that we have in the United States that's called veteran, and America's Web Radio, we salute every veteran, Been there, done that, and we know what it's it's about, and we salute them all and want them to salute us back by listening and telling their buddies that uh, they were veterans, that they served on active duty with, about America's web radio, and that they can win an AR-15 style weapon. All they have to do is fill out a little paperwork, send it in to America's Web Radio, and they could be the winner.
3: So, well, Dave, yes, that's sir. a great, a great way to to put it. we when you sing the jodies, there was one reason for that. It's to get the team spirit, and and that leads directly into what I'm going to be talking about today with respect to uh, veterans' health care. And they came out with some new slogans that Phil Forsberg, because he does a lot of great work with disabled American veterans. He was in the Atlanta VA yesterday and took some screenshots uh, about the veterans' total health, whole health care. It's kind of a program that the VA has got now, reaching out to veterans with a new. I would just call it a slogan: uh, "Whole Health." And that leads into a, a, a huge discussion, of uh, for our listening audience. And it, and it's, just, it obviously applies to first responders and our ER nurses and doctors and ICU nurses. That's the team spirit. And that's what I'm here to talk about today for a few minutes. Number one, we are team animals. And I say that in a laughing manner because, uh, and I'm a biology guy, too. You've got certain animals that are loners, but you've got other animals that are pack animals, and they're raised that way, and they depend on the pack, and it's an essential part of their health. And, and the thing that I like about you with the plane, the Jodies and you know the Navy and the Marines do those, too, and Air Force, that's the... You're, you're being turned from a, a lone animal, a lone civilian that was kind of just, you know, out for yourself. And that's been inculcated on our veterans. And that's an excellent thing to have. And it makes our military one of the top in the world, if not the top. But here's the problem. When a pack animal gets sick, and I'm a pack animal too, and so are you, Dave, and all the veterans and nurses and EMTs, we're team animals. And here's the problem. And we're going to enter into mental health right now. Uh, you, by admitting that you've got possibly a mental health problem, you see yourself as letting that team down. And that's dangerous. And you also seem to think, and we seem to think, as is team animals, pack animals, you know, the wolf pack, that we have to heal by ourselves. But I want to tell you how critical it is to get rid of that, because being a team member is part of being a veteran, and you can't get out from being a veteran forever, the rest of your life, and you just can't do it. And several things we need to mention. One is you heal with a team member. Other people, most likely, we'll just call them social environment friends, but Dave, I think you'd agree with me. A veteran's relationship to another veteran, whether you're Army, Navy, Marine, or Air Force, you joke with them, but the fact is, you put your life in their hands and they reciprocate. And when it comes to mental illness, and mental health, we just call it mental health, you have to understand that you are not letting your team down to to say, hey, look, i got to have something fixed. And and I, this is a true story. Uh, I had a fellow in the chair when I was the oral surgeon in the military, and he looked up at me, and uh, he says, I'm in a, your dental chair, but I don't want anything done. What's my option? And I said, well, what do you do? Uh, your MOS? He said, well, I'm a mechanic. I said, well, imagine a truck comes in, he's a wheel mechanic, and uh, on it, the windshield, the truck wrote you a note and said, don't do anything to me, What, what would you do? And the guy laughed and he said, I don't care what it wants, I'm gonna fix it. And I said, your equipment, buddy, and I'm a mechanic and I'm gonna fix you and bring you up to standards. And it doesn't matter what you think. And he got it and he laughed. I said, because we were equipment on active duty. Now here's here's the point I want to make. If you've got a, a, something happening in your social world, that's how you as the PTSD and mental illness start to manifest, depression, major depression, anxiety. You know, there's nothing wrong with telling another team member, I think I think there's something wrong. And that first step, and I'm going to tell you about some programs the VA has online that I recommend that you start looking at. And the analogy I'm going to make right now, because I'm a Mr. Fix-It guy, is when you walk into a hardware store, and let's talk about a smaller hardware store, there's no shame in having a leaky faucet in your kitchen. There's no shame in that. That just happens. You have an older house. That's just what's going to happen. And so imagine yourself, you're walking into the helpful hardware man, and this isn't a commercial for that brand. It's just simply a smaller hardware store. And somebody meets you at the, at the door and says, what can I help you with? I said, my faucet leaks. And he goes, let me help you with that. And then he'll educate you. Well, I want to assure that our veterans understand, ensure, that when you go to the VA for health care, you're basically a piece of broken equipment that is simply going in to have a part fixed. And if you could practice going into a hardware store, and I love hardware stores, especially when you uh, think you have a problem that no one else has, and they can't help you, there has not been a time that I didn't walk out with the right part in my hand and uh, some some advice on how to fix it. Now here's where I'm going to make the transition. There are programs uh, that they have, it's called Making the Connection, it's from the v- Veterans Affairs, and these are case studies, and case studies to doctors are really important because they're stories of, of patients who've actually uh, been treated. And you can see what it's like. Now, in this program's making the connection, They've let's say they have about 10 or 12 videos that last up to about 20 minutes, most of them around 10 to 15. And they will show you veterans, just like yourself, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, that we're having problems and they said you know I didn't even notice it my friends were telling me that hey you're not normal you're different my kids my wife and they follow that that veteran through the VA it, it's just a story whether they're telling and how they got diagnosed and who they talked to and what it was like and i'm recommending that all our veterans and, and first responders too just watch the veterans affairs Program uh, or nurses or whatever, you know. You only diagnose what you know, and that's that's a, a saying in medical school. If you don't know the disorder or disease, you can't diagnose it. And I and I want to just take a minute to say, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Look, I'm a piece of equipment," because that's just one way to kind of neutralize this whole issue. They got broken while I was on active duty. I mean, you're not self-identifying as a a mentally ill person with no hope. You are simply saying, uh, while I was on active duty, uh, part of my part of me got broken, and I'm just here in the VA hardware store to get back on track. And that's a very neutral statement. You know, you don't self. Go ahead.
2: I, I got to fill in a blank here of sorts. Yeah. Uh I was stationed at Fort Ord, California. And uh fortunately on weekends, not every weekend, but many weekends we got to take off, have we got leaves. And before we left for our weekend, our company commander or platoon leader, whatever, would say Okay, we know that you're going to go out and have a good time this weekend, but remember, you're government property, and we don't want it to come back fried. So (laughs) if you get a sunburn and you've damaged government property, you can get an Article 15 for it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, okay. You know what? Uh, I had a... Friend that did that, a dental officer, and uh, he was—he came from California, and uh, he was pretty happy-go-lucky liberal guy. But when they called him in and told him, you know, you've damaged government equipment, he—I he, remember he came back shocked. He said, "He said if I—they told me if I did it again, I was going to get have an Article 15." <laughs> and and Dave, that's the exact feeling I want the veterans and firemen, first dependers, uh, cops to know. You know, doing what we do, we're basically a highly trained piece of equipment. And I only say that not to dehumanize you or myself or you, Dave, is just to say, look, uh, part of our, uh, we were government property and they broke part of us. Just go in and get it fixed. It's not a big deal. And these make the connection, they're little vignettes and they cover for example there's a woman on there who tells what her journey through military sexual trauma is like. And they they had a couple of medics on there and infantry guys. And the and the neat thing about these uh little vignettes, one guy uh was on there's an older guy, I think it was Viet Vietnam guy. He was they were doing a practical exercise or field exercise, and a fella ahead of him in the squad uh tried to just jump to the edge of the creek rather than walk across the bridge all the way with his pack and everything. The guy got sucked underwater, and they never found him. Well, this guy went for 30 years thinking, you know, and I wasn't in battle. I didn't kick doors in. I didn't get shot. So there's no way I could have PTSD or mental health issues. And, you know, that seems what the pack animal club would think. Yeah, man, you know, Bob got shot in the leg or something. He's really wounded. And here you are, you saw someone lose their life on a field training exercise. It doesn't matter what you think. If you've got the symptoms, you've got the problem. You've been damaged and you need to just pretend you're a piece of equipment and walk into the hardware store. There's no shame in that. Like I, I've never had to wear a, a hoodie and a sunglasses when I go into a hardware store and say, you know, I can't get my keep my toilet from running on. <laughs> Look, just get the little flopper valve and you're, you're done. I mean, that's why I want to encourage veterans and police and, and nurses and, you know, who we're talking to. Look, it, it, you're just a piece of equipment, and you know, I'm saying this figuratively, just go in and say, hey, look, you know, uh, this is going on in my life, and uh, I'm just here to have it checked out. Are you diagnosed? Let somebody in the system, because they've really, the VA has really ramped up their their mental health issues. In fact, they've extended it. to If you were in the military and you have a mental health crisis, you call the VA. <laughs> and, you know, once a veteran, always a veteran, well, i tell you, That program has turned it around, in my opinion. Go in and just get a diagnostic checkup because the to fix that is so easy compared to what you think it's going to involve. And that's why I I recommend that you look up Making a Connection, just Google it, and watch some of those. They're just people like us. They're veterans like us. And they just went in and said, Something's not right, or your friend told you. Don't you think that's great, Dave?
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, on that note, we're going to need to take a break, and uh we will come back in just a moment with Dr. Don Moeller. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor Show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor Show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor Show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If
0: you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. What do doctors talk about in doctors' lounges around the country? Find out on The Doctors' Lounge Show every Thursday at 8 a.m. on America's Web Radio.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: And we're back on A Veteran's Place with our host, Dr. Don Muller. And um, Don brings up some of the most fantastic for vets. And, uh, you know, that's an interesting point. As our recruiting is down, that a lot of people can't relate to what you're saying, Don, and it's because they're not veterans. And yet, our country over the years has given us everything. And we can't afford as individuals to give back just a little bit. And, you know, I'm... I'm proud to be a veteran and I know you're proud to be a veteran. And I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't know a veteran that's not proud to be a veteran. But, you know, it just shows the love of country. And there, everybody has circumstances. There's some folks that it just wasn't right for them to serve and they couldn't and uh didn't but you know they uh they work with veterans and they help veterans and they support veterans even though they're not a veteran but you know it's um uh, we're going into times that i've never dreamed of and listening on sunday to some of our leaders and the things that they're saying we're we're in uncharted territory and it's yeah, you you mentioned uh teaming and I think you know that for many years, or not many years, five years, I farmed out in Texas and um uh, if anything will make you mad, it's that you'll look up and somebody from the city is throwing out a dog and driving off as quick as they can so the dog can't see which way they went. And if I could catch them, I would catch them because they didn't realize When they threw out that dog, and I don't care whether it was a poodle or a German Shepherd, that dog would pack in just a few days. And people will misunderstand this, but when dogs pack, they pack for a reason. And that, that reason is very simple. There's... Stronger in numbers than they are by themselves and it would be our duty our we had to do it as farmers we couldn't let a bunch of stray dogs attack our sheep our cattle or anything else and it was a bad scene You know, four or five wild dogs can take down a sheep in a second and have dinner. And so it was our job every six months or so, the neighboring farmers would get together, would lay some traps, and would dispose of the dogs. Oh, my goodness, how could you kill a dog? Well, it's when they're killing your animals... Your farm animals, and they've been let out to the wild. They pack.
3: Well, you know, Dave, that really brings up an important issue, and I and I, I it's great that you brought it up. Pete, and you gave a biological answer to what the military, I'm going to put in quotation marks, does to all veterans because it's necessary, you, just like the the dog pack, they, they have instinctual drives to allow them to be a very efficient force, much larger than one dog. And then when we're on active duty, you know, when you get a straggler or a goof off, they punish the whole company or platoon for it. And when you, when you're involved in that, doing pushups and extra miles on the road march, the take home point for everybody is every dog in the pack has a position and it's critical. And, and when you're in that situation and you start thinking every veteran that you meet went through that same training as a, how to be a member of a pack. To defend the United States and every soldier across—that's ingrained in you, and you never get it out of uh, out of your uh, system uh, because it can't be because it was culturally indoctrinated. Humanity, human beings, uh, are, are are must grow up in a culture. If you don't, you, you're denying it. Where you're not going to be healthy. And the thing I want to remind our listeners is that you heal in a culture of the pack as well. And so when you listen to these vignettes and like you said, if you're not a veteran you, or a, a pack a pack animal like a cop or a fireman, you know, uh, you, you won't get it. And that's okay. You can still listen. But when you as a veteran, listen to these making a connection vignettes there's there's up to twenty you have to hunt them out. You can connect with these guys, and you go well that was that was that was me that was my buddy and so the social interactions are critical for veterans to be more specific when you're discharged from active duty and a lot of these veterans mentioned, you leave the culture of a pack and they just like you said, you toss a dock out of a car. Uh, it's more complex than you can imagine. When, when, you know, I used to flip burgers and paint houses by myself. When I left those jobs to find another one, there was nothing that happened to me at all. Just find another job. When you are a volunteer in the military, even if you're drafted to a certain extent, you have inculcated, been inculcated, the code of the pack and it's an honorable thing to defend your country and you you, you are not out processed i'm sure they are now as it's it's traumatic to process out of a pack and if you don't do that or at the at a minimum say look i'm leaving uh the military where you ate and slept and did dangerous things, especially if you join when you're young. At 18, you're doing very adult things. When you transition from your pack to be a lone wolf, that's going to be traumatic. And the military has not done a good job historically in letting you know, look, you're leaving the pack now. You're going to be on your own. Uh, and that's, and you go, well, wait a minute, you know, this is a job, you know, I don't have to get up and put the uniform. That's what you may think, but down deep, uh, that's, being a member of a pack is very much a part of your social structure. And that is why, and to answer your question, Dave, why veterans get together and make fun of each other. Because you have the right to make fun of another veteran because they're on your team. But as you well know, if you were never a veteran, you make fun of a veteran, you're not going to be invited to continue that behavior. You'll be told be quiet. And it's a very big thing to have been a veteran. And so now I want to once again emphasize the problems you have with PTSD or depression or anger, these things that we talked about uh, on many programs, you're just simply – a member of a large team, and the team wants to have you fixed just as much as they w- want to have their rifle that won't jam. It Don't take it personally. Make that first step. And a lot of these vignettes, a bunch of people made the reference. He said, you know, you, they have a toolbox for you to use. Imagine you walk into the VA and they give you a toolbox and said, we're going to diagnose you, we're going to give you some tools. You're not going to come out of there empty-handed. You're going to have tools to fix your problem, tools to build relationships, tools to help you do things. In fact, uh, some of the veterans, and I'm sure I'm one of them, just get an incredible joy of making it through a, a process that you now want to help other veterans in the same situation. Why? Because that's what the pack does.
2: And uh, on that note, we're going to need to take a break and uh... – We will come back
4: in just a moment. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com.
0: Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash americaswebradio. If you have questions, Contact us at gm at webradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening.
4: In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. And make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're
1: listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: And we're back on A Veteran's Place, and uh, my normal once-a-show screw-up. In fact, I think that's a good point. Is that the, That's why you've got somebody in front of you, behind you, on both sides of you, in your platoon, that makes sure the bear doesn't get you. And if it looks like you're going to have problems, that person in front and behind, that's why they call. Did you ever have to uh, pull point?
3: No, medics didn't do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, people, a lot of folks wouldn't know what that means, but uh, there were 39 other guys that were so dependent on that person pulling point that, you know, you wanted to make sure his his or her today, I guess, backs were covered. And if you saw something in front that they didn't see, that you address that in quick action. But that person pulling point had the whole platoon... In their hands, and uh, how important that is, and imp- how important that person was, and that M60 got to be pretty heavy.
3: Right. And, you know, and we can talk about the Navy and the Air Force. You know, I can't imagine. Uh, you know you're you're on sonar in the navy radar. You know if you let your mind wander and don't see uh, uh, an enemy object in your radar domain, wherever you watch, you, you can lose an entire ship. And think about it: you're 19, 18 years old, and you're watching radar on an aircraft carrier. You're responsible for 13 billion dollars or whatever they cost, and you see. You know, I keep bringing up the Jodies and, and marching and doing and, and basic training or whatever it is in uh, the Navy, uh, Army, your boot camp, whatever. You say, well, why are they whopping up on us? Because Joe the Idiot uh, didn't fall out for formation. They're letting you know that if you're the 19 year old on the bridge, and in and a carrier or destroyer or frigate, whatever, and you take your eyes off that screen, you lose the whole ship. That's stressful. Well, when it comes to healing from mental health problems in the military, that team is there for you too. That same team. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, it work, it cuts both ways. And so, I would recommend, and I'm going to beat it to death literally, that you look at a couple of those videos. They're made by – the VA is not all bad. You know, I've had, got issues with it for oral health care. But you're going to meet smiling faces. And if you don't, walk out, find another VA. But you're going to meet members of your team, guys that were in doing push-ups with you and doing those extra miles because of goof-offs. Those are the guys that you're going to talk to, and it's an easy thing. It's like walking into a hardware store go, hey, you know, I get this click in my ankle when I walk. He says, well, go to your left. That's orthopedics. You go, hey, I got this little click in my head. He goes, go to the right. That's mental health. It's just that easy, and there's your friends are there to meet you, and, and that's a critical thing for veterans to understand that... Uh, You're always a veteran, and there are going to be veterans there to help you. And actually, they have veterans that have gone through PTSD, helped themselves, and are now counselors uh, and mental health care providers. And so you're going to get a warm reception, kind of like coming late to a, uh, a party where they're all your buddies. It's not a nasty clinical environment. And so I... It's time to make that first
2: step. Uh, You know, using your party as an example, you walk in the door, and one of those vets that sees you walk in comes over and knows you're by yourself and knows maybe you don't know the other vets that are there. But that vet will come over, grab you, and help you and introduce you. And that's... A vet taking care of a vet.
3: And that's what you expect. And in a way, I was told by some real old-timers that after World War II, the American Legion, VFW, and those clubs were watering holes so veterans could tell other veterans how bad it was because, remember, your families don't have a clue what it was like. And we know deep down... If you had to tell them what we really had to do, they wouldn't want to talk to you again. As a matter of fact, I had a, a Navy SEAL years ago that would come to my oral maxofacial surgery practice, and after about eight visits, I said, uh, are you here for a particular tooth that you want fixed? And he goes, no, I'm not. And he got up and shut the door, and he said, you're the only guy I can talk to that's not going to judge me. <laughs> I said, well, come as often as you want, and he did. And so it was his secret and my secret, never made it to his chart. But that's the kind of warmth you're going to get when you talk to another vet. Uh, And so it's not as big a first step as you think it's going to be, uh, to go to the VA, and some of the other outlying clinics and just walk up and go, Hey, you'll see a lot of other veterans in there hanging around. It kind of looks more like a little gym club or something like that. And they're very efficient. They'll take care of you. You may have to wait, but look at the positive side and just saying, Hey, look, I think there might be something wrong with (laughs) this piece of equipment here. So I brought it in for (laughs) maintenance and, and, you know the way the guys mentioned toolboxes that they have. They got tools that you can uh, do the job with. And so, think of yourselves. Look, you're just damaged equipment, and not totally damaged, man. You're not going to the wrecking yard. You're just you're just going in to have the tune-up. So, uh, just consider that uh, uh, that way, and 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 take the. It's not a stain on your record. It's not a stain on who you are. It's just simply, I was damaged in the war. What do you think happened? You know,
2: Dave? Yes, to answer your question. <laughs> yes. And uh, this is something that, again, you know, if, if you're a parent or a grandparent listening to the show, you're a vet, Talk to your grandkids about the service. Uh, I know for many, many, many people it's the best thing that they ever did. Now, granted, today is not exactly like my grandparents' uh, or my even my parents' military or even my military. But it's still one of the best organizations in the world. And it's one that I can, unless things have really changed, you go in as a kid and you come out as a man. Now, today it's a little scarier. You may go in as a kid and come out as a woman, but, uh, you know, no, I don't, they're going to put an end to that. And that's all crap anyway. And
3: Well, I will have to say one thing uh, about it. I, when I was in, I we went to an aerosol training thing, whatever it was, And I, because I left in the military when it was pretty much all men. And at any rate, I saw this. To this obstacle, they would look like three uh, sawhorses, you know, where you used to tie a horse up. <laughs> and she, I mean, I was six feet; she was five five. She kept hitting that obstacle with everything she had. She finally got to the last rung and fell down. I mean, it must have been seven feet. And I said, "Oh, here we, here come the tears." <laughs> that girl, that woman, got up, kicked a. Kick the heck hell out of that obstacle Sorry, she could and then did it again and I go I'll serve next to her any day <laughs> you know I, usually if I'd fallen six feet I probably would have gone over for a drink of water and not kicked the obstacle and, and you know so the, the women the ladies are tough they're tough and it's it's a different army and I want to give credit where credit's due
2: absolutely and uh, you know I I wonder sometimes about, you know, how much things have changed and uh the situation that we opened the show with, with regard to Austin, Uh there's too much electronics available to not have known exactly where he was and have kept track of him. We're about to uh, have to put the plug and the jug on the show for today. And uh, we'll be coming back with Dr. Don Muller next week. And uh, we love this show. And veterans love this show. And we want to reemphasize the fact that if you're a veteran and you like weapons, go to our website and enter to win. An AR-15 style rifle given away by America's Web Radio only to a veteran. And uh, you can enter and just fill out the information and you may be the lucky winner. And if you like weapons like I do and like all of us here at America's Web Radio do, uh, you'll be very impressed with this. AR-15 style weapon. Go there. Don, as always, thank you for another memorable show and the help that you give all veterans. And I guess one of the biggest things is that, that you continually subliminally or actually talk about is don't be embarrassed to say, i got a problem. And go and get help for that problem. There's a veteran out there that will help you. With that, have a good week, Don, and we'll be talking to you next week on A Veteran's Place. Thanks, Dave. Bye.
0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's web radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station.